0: Detroit is different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at Detroitisdifferent.com today. All right, back in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studio B. This is the audio studio. This is where we do the audio stuff. And I have somebody here that uh, is more then uh, known and set up for what that will be in audio. Tamara Jewel is in full effect. Tamara hey, Jewel, hey. how you feeling?
1: I feel great. I feel great. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay.
0: That uh, is... Uh, more than welcome uh to have you in full effect you're somebody that uh saw what we're doing here mm-hmm. uh with detroit is different and reached out you're kind of interconnected through a circle of people that are detroit is different yes. uh, cohorts uh family and you're pounding the pavement right now hitting a lot of these different podcasts uh getting word out about something big that you're working on yep. and an album so what
1: is the project you're working on so I actually have an EP that mm-hmm. I just dropped. It dropped on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. Um, it is titled, it's the acronym B-O-A-T-S, and it okay. stands for BOATS. Uh, well, not stands for BOATS. But the it, BOATS, um, is yes, the acronym, BOATS is but the acronym. Yes, BOATS is the acronym. Okay, what does the acronym stand for? Based on a true story. Okay, all, all
0: right. right, so for people that don't know EP, and you should know that my world kind of starts in music. EP is like <laughs> a shorter version of an album. Yes. Um, back in the day, an LP would be a vinyl with a full vinyl. So like the EP was something that would come out and short stints and everything yeah. so for all of you all that are old school like me that love it so when you're watching the five heartbeats and then they have like the white people on the cover that's the ep it was just like <laughs> a couple songs you know right that's <laughs> my love for you and it's like hey eddie kane ain't on there and then they threw it <laughs> and it's like hey what's going on but that stuff happened back in the day mm-hmm. and as we talk about back in the day classic detroit is different style uh your detroit story uh how does it start um and more so, like your family. How does your family end up in the city of Detroit? Are you a first generation, second generation?
1: So I am considered a first generation. So I guess you're you the person,
0: you are, you're the family that came here.
1: Yes. From um, where? <laughs> um, I don't know why I just got something in my
0: throat. Oh. Okay. It's like it's like the, the 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 spirits of Detroit was coming at you like,
1: what is going on? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so i am from dayton ohio for real the other d the other little d (laughs) hey
0: let's let me say something about dayton before you get into it Mm -hmm. dayton in the 70s offers some of the best funk music that there is hands (laughs) down so like um you know slave and steve Arrington, Mm -hmm. uh you know, Roger and all of that. Roger Zapp, Yep. Like it was a lot of like I don't know what was going on in Dayton for a minute. And then the Ohio players. Yes. You know, yep. so so <laughs> it was it was like a connection between um between especially like a lot of that Don Davis recording, uh the United Sound Studios yes, like in mm-hmm. Detroit. That mm-hmm. seventy five background. And and then people, you know, people knew that they go down to Dayton and get players yeah. even from Motown. So yeah. From Dayton to Detroit.
1: From what, Dayton to Detroit. What made the jump? So I actually came here for college. Mm-hmm. I went to Oakland University. Okay. Um, I stayed there. I graduated. And after I graduated, I actually moved back home. Okay. So I was there for maybe like seven or eight months. And I was like... Nah, this is not gonna work. When you come here and then go back, you realize that it's a little country. A little so country. People was calling me country all the I, time when I was up here. I, I was, was like, gonna
0: say. I was gonna say. I used to. Okay, for my, my old <laughs> life, I was a truck driver. Okay. And I had a route that went straight to Dayton because mm-hmm. it's like my trucking company sent all the black drivers to like black cities. Oh, and wow. I didn't know how black Dayton was until I got the mm-hmm. the the route there. Mm-hmm. So like excuse my French and everything. And I knew Dayton was different. Like like it would be people like walking alligators and <laughs> snakes around their neck and it, it was it was interesting like of a of a town. That's that I, I mean that's up.
1: normal for me to see that, but people would always say, mm-hmm. like y'all are so country. And since I've been here, I've lost a little bit of my accent. Uh-huh. So i would say stuff and they'd be like where are you from and i'd be like i'm from Dayton. i'm from ohio but i used to talk real country when i first moved here but i've lost it a little bit since i've been here Mm -hmm. um but yeah i see i was doing a little bit of the acting and singing while i was um like the last few years of college and then when i moved back home it's like no lane for that there um and if it is i wasn't familiar and if it probably was very small. So it was just like, man, I don't really see me getting to where I want to be in my career. If I stay here.
0: Okay. Now, like I say, the music was there. Cause I know like in the seventies or eighties, it was especially like, you know, it was a, it was a point in time where it seemed like Dayton damn near like all the R and B charts, like kind of went through. <laughs> so the studios had to be there. And then who else was from Dayton? Yeah. Um, my man, uh, Rob Templeton, Heatwave was there too. Okay. I think. Um, w- what you know? Were those studios
1: still there? Were the engineers still there? Or are um, you all- the one from Roger Troutman and Zap mm-hmm. the brothers? I believe mm-hmm. was. I don't know if it's still there now. Yeah. Um, but mm, for me, that was around. Man, it's want to tell my age but uh <laughs> it's, mm. it's been about 20 years you know yeah. what i'm saying since i graduated from college yeah. to you know to the point where well not 20 since i graduated from college but since i went back home and was like no it so mm. it wasn't the same as back in the slave and roger trotman when and all Trump of that Trump's was Caesar. happening you know so what i'm saying
0: the, you didn't the studios weren't as active and right. like Detroit, it also was a very industrial city yeah. that, you know, took, took a bit hit as, you know, industry and in mm-hmm. that whole, you know, like a lot of those Ohio towns, like Youngstown, Dayton, mm-hmm. uh, my family from Cincinnati, which is okay. actually more country than Dayton. It, you know? it is, it so, is uh, about
1: 45 minutes more South and it yeah, gets exactly. yeah, no, it's <laughs> real country.
0: Exactly. It's like Northern Kentucky. But, um, so, um, with this, you go there, you're at a place where you feel like it's not a lot of outlets for your creativity. Right. Um, Your family, you know, so that, I guess that kind of brings me to those questions. Mm-hmm. Like, were they singing? Were they acting? Were they, how did they express themselves creatively? Or was this kind of like a just you thing?
1: So, I found out in later years as I got older that actually my grandmother, my mm-hmm father's mother and her sisters had a singing group okay and they sang um, what was their
0: name oh,
1: i don't know the name of the group that's horrible i don't know the name of the mm. group um but they did they had a little singing group and then my aunt actually sang too so as i was coming up um that's my father's sister so i knew that she sang her and her mm. husband he produces and then she sang so i would listen to like the recordings and stuff like that and um I sang in the choir at church. So as I, you know, grew up, I just was able to listen to her. And I was like, "Mm, I want to do that. And I started writing little gospel songs because I was always Mm -hmm. in church. So it started out as gospel songs. I would just open the Bible and just pick some verses and just create some melodies. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about like that church and singing.
0: And and this is a storied pass between soul music r&b music mm-hmm. and gospel mm-hmm. um so in church was it one of those things where um you were connected through the music or was it just one of those things where it's like okay i like coming because you know i'm i'm going to be able to sing in the choir like how did the gospel music move you when you were younger
1: um well of <laughs> a- of course, when you're young, you kind of don't have a choice to go. My mm. mother made us mm. go. We was there for Sunday school, Bible study, oh, you know, vacation so Bible school. I was like, you was like, there was like nothing. I didn't go trick or treating. Convocation. It was like angels night at church. Yeah. Tr- you know what I'm saying? So okay. I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I was kind of forced to, you know, be in church. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, you're going to you're I was like seven or eight. And oh, they have a kid's choir. You're going to sing in the choir. And it was like, okay. And then it actually I don't think I really knew that young that I really liked it. I just did it because my mom made me do Mm -hmm. it. But then when they started giving me little solos and my little shy self, I was so shy. Like, Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't want to do a solo or anything like that because I was scared. So I would just kind of just sing my little part and do my little rock and then...
0: Yeah, head to it. the back. It <laughs> would be like this little line. Of right. And then you would right. like I'm going <laughs> to you know. Yeah, so okay.
1: um but mm. then as I got older, probably in my teenage years is when I would start writing and I would never let anybody even hear mm. it. I just wrote it, kept it to mm. myself. And nobody nope, I don't even know if any honestly, I don't know if my parents even know that I was writing songs and stuff back mm. then cuz I didn't I didn't sing it for anybody or anything like that. I just kind of kept them in my little book and kept them to myself.
0: Okay, and also like you know, church just through rhythm teaches you strong song structure, and also especially like through the black hymnal, um, Yeah. you know, you're gonna learn like different things where it's like, okay, how does how does three words take up a whole measure? Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like, oh, this is how you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, so were you did you take to actually song structure and knowing how to place things and the rhythms? Like, did you actually learn the musicality from being in a choir in church?
1: From being in a choir in church. And also I played the flute when Mm. I was young. So, you know, when you play an instrument, you have to learn how music works. You have to learn the bars, you have to learn the count. Mm -hmm. So in playing the flute, I Mm -hmm. actually kind of, tied those things together and oh this is four bars this is eight bars and that's how i kind of tied it together and started learning how music actually works okay so like as
0: you started tying all of this together and learning more about how the music works i kind of jumped the gun even on like your parents story Mm -hmm. like their story and what they were like what did your mom and dad do were were they just like non-creative people were they just like you know blue collar folks what were they
1: Um, my mom, blue collar, um, Mm -hmm. same job since I was a kid, you know, same company. Um, my father was a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. he's retired from teaching now. Um, he was a teacher as well as an entrepreneur. So, you know, kind of like sold things on the side Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, clothes and different stuff like that.
0: Okay. So, um, let's get into like a teacher as your dad. What, what school did he teach? Did he teach, uh,
1: he <laughs> it's so funny. Um, he taught P.E. For real? Um, yes. And okay, he was also like he coached. Hard-nosed.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he, coached he probably too. coached, too. Yeah. So was he like hard-nosed, coached what what sport?
1: Uh, Basketball. Okay. He might have coached something else, too, but basketball is what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. He was that teacher that was like for no games.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Sometimes no coaches games. can No like, games. Like
1: if I run into people – now or like later years mm-hmm. they would call him hater Hayes. <laughs> sorry daddy <laughs> but they would call him hater Hayes because he was like for no games like you're yep. not about to play with him and you know back then school was a little different you mm-hmm. could get in a student's face or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and kind of more discipline not necessarily put your hands on but you could discipline a child and so, you know they'll respect you if you be stern with them
0: but also the the black male presence right in a lot of these schools was really needed especially that coach so like sometimes for people that know like back when especially in middle school i don't know what what age he taught all grades so in middle school yeah it would always be the coach when we were doing stupid stuff like throwing paper at each other right it would be like we about to call a coach and it's like here
1: we go right
0: <laughs> here we go
1: yep you know he's the one to get you together real yep. quick
0: like lunchroom assignment like you you think you're gonna uh, i don't know we do like stupid stuff like open the chocolate milk slide it down yep. and then you'd be like hey Yep. And it's like
1: oh here we go <laughs> yep that was hater Hayes. Mm-hmm. he was coming get you yep. together
0: okay so uh with him being involved in like the athletics and the sports um Did that put you into athletics and sports? And I'm sure that definitely scared off like a lot of boys from even wanting to come near approaching you.
1: (laughs) Well, thankfully he didn't work at the school that I went to. So it didn't really, I mean, he might've came, he would pop up Uh all the time. I would just turn around and he would just be there just because of his relationship, you know, dating is small and he, you Mm -hmm. know, everybody. So he could just show up whenever, Mm -hmm. um, so it did kind of yeah. steer, you know, people away a little bit. It's like, your daddy. But they probably, right a man that it steers It might have been away. a thrill, though.
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say this straight up. A man that steers away is probably, he had wrong intentions for you anyway, in the first place. Anyway, I know, right? You know I didn't what know, what know that as a, little kid, yeah, as a kid, though. Like, yeah, was a kid, you just like, my dad's kid. a hater. Right. <laughs> so and your mom you say more blue collar Mm -hmm. so um so within that in that household uh how do you think that that kind of impacted your perspective as you came up here being that you came from what i say like a smaller town but also with uh with beginnings like parents that are like more foundational a teacher Mm -hmm. uh blue collar you know what i'm saying that's like you know how did that engage as you touch a college campus where it's a collect everybody in the
1: world. Yeah. Um it's different. Um mm-hmm. because I don't know if they really so much as understand um what an artist kind of has to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a typical like nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um you know, sometimes I'll get the oh, you just out late and and then I have a daughter too. So, you know, it's mm. like, you know, you're eating so late and it's like, Well, mm. I gotta do what I gotta do. You and, then know church, and,
0: then, and then a church mama too. So it's yeah. like nothing but the devil.
1: You know, yeah. The so devil. everything you and then It's you know, eight o'clock. You know who out at the eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> some songs it's like, well, why you gotta say that? Why mm. you gotta sing this? And it's just like uh, like, you know so it's different it's it's very different
0: okay so let's talk a little bit more into that creativity and more so your connection here because Oakland Detroit you know it going to Oakland U it can kind of connects you to Detroit mm-hmm. for, for people that are listening that aren't familiar Oakland University is basically as far as I'm concerned it's in Pontiac it's technically rochester yeah rochester but but it's it's pontiac across
1: the street from pontiac and
0: and pontiac is about maybe 20 30 minutes away from detroit depending Mm -hmm. upon how fast you drive maybe 15 minutes right Uh, (laughs) and it's like another one of those smaller towns but with a campus field yeah, and at one point in time, that's where the Silver Dome. For people that are familiar, yep. that's where the Silver Dome is. Uh, really, kind of where the Palace of Auburn Hills was, where the Pistons played. Yep. But in the midst of that, you also had like, well, had and still have like a, a like almost like a a, a country ish black community. Like you know, it's some it's some for show sure Pontiac people that are like real Pontiac people. Almost like that scene from uh from school days or something that <laughs> right. for the college kids. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, for um, sure. Um so so touching down there and going to the school and then choosing to come back to this Detroit area. What was the catalyst to come back here instead of like Atlanta or LA or New York? What what made you choose Detroit?
1: Um I chose Detroit because at the time it was what was comfortable for mm. me. Okay um
0: do you think that this is some of the shyness or some of the insecurity yeah
1: a little bit yeah i can say that um -hmm. i mean because technically i could have went to atlanta i don't have any family here i don't Mm -hmm. have not one you know family member that lives here so Mm -hmm. i could have gone to atlanta la you know what i'm saying but i think my me being a little more timid was like well detroit is only three hours from home so
0: worst case scenario um yeah hater hayes is gonna be <laughs> you know what i'm saying yep. it,
1: it's it's a mm-hmm. little closer mm-hmm. they don't take nothing to get in hop on 75 and you mm-hmm. straight drive yep. you know so okay. i think that's what it was all
0: right so so with that decision in making the decision of saying like, okay, I want to was the decision I want to come back to Detroit to pursue uh, a career in singing, or was it more so I just want to come back to Detroit to be closer to some opportunities to sing?
1: No, it was to pursue okay. the singing and acting. Okay, yeah. So,
0: what were some of the projects you were working on when you came back? Because I know it had to have been like. Maybe friends or producers, rappers, other singers that are like, you got to do this and you got to yeah. do that. Da, 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 da. What were some of the first things you were working on when you came back?
1: Um, well, you, let me actually correct myself. It was to pursue singing. I okay. hadn't even started acting yet, yet until mm-hmm. I moved back. Okay. Um, but before I left, uh, uh, as I spoke before we started, I was working with MJ to die. I was doing a lot of hooks and stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working with a good friend of mine. Brandon Fletcher, he has uh, the label Live, the music group, mm-hmm. and we were doing a lot of writing, um, and uh, I was working a lot behind the scenes with him and some of his groups, so I kind of had people already, I had relationships with producers, other producers, so... It was like, if I go somewhere else, I'm going to have to start all the way over. And Mm -hmm. I don't like talking to people. I'm shy. I'm still like that to this day. Like, I have a, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of, I'm a little shy. So it's hard for me to start a conversation with Mm -hmm. people. Um, So it was comfortable.
0: Okay. So in that, early on, do you remember some of those first songs and just getting in the studio? uh, What was that experience like just touching down? Because paper Mm -hmm. and singing in person it's different than like getting in the booth
1: yeah um wait repeat the question for me
0: <laughs> what sorry. was it like getting in the studio for like the first time?
1: oh getting in the studio for the first time um so <laughs> one of my first experiences of actually like somewhat of a studio mm-hmm. was actually i recorded my first song on oakland's campus Okay, and it was actually a gospel song. Okay, and I don't even remember what I did it for or mm. why, but um, and the guy who recorded me God rest arrested, so he's actually um no longer with us. But his mm. name was DJ Wine, mm. and he had a setup in the dorm room, and I mm. went in there and I had recorded this song. And since then, it was just like, oh, I don't want to do nothing else. Wow. <laughs> I just want to do this. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then in, in this era, I mean, studios are different. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, I'm guessing, tracking, we're close in age, uh, around a time when people still have hardware equipment and software equipment. Like, mm-hmm. computer recording is coming into play at this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so sometimes even finding a place to record would be a task.
1: right. You right.
0: Know, let alone the money to record just because, you know, at that age, money is scarce period. Right. You know <laughs> so,
1: like money to record, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: so did you find yourself um like bartering, like, you know, like just doing a lot of hooks? Uh like when did you get a chance to work on your a lot of your music?
1: To be honest, more recently in later years. Hmm. Um, because when I first started it was just writing for people mm-hmm. or doing hooks for people. Okay. Um I may have had some things that I wrote, but mm-hmm. when it came to actually recording them or putting them out, I kind of hadn't. That's why after all of this time, this is actually my first EP.
0: Wow, congratulations. Yeah,
1: this is actually my first EP. I had even held on to some things for a long time and it was like it was hard um especially in college or fresh out of college who has money to record Mm -hmm. and then when it came to me having my daughter who has time or you know so Mm. those things play a factor
0: okay so you're here you're you're you you mentioned family starts become a mother but you still stay active in this pursuit Mm -hmm. um you know (laughs) But before that, so at motherhood, what what were you doing? Did you just say, okay, like, all right, I'm going to come back to, like, was it always that, like, let me me raise up the seed and still get back to singing? Like, how did you balance that? What was your approach?
1: Well, I never stopped. Mm -hmm. I never stopped. Um, Prior to having her. Um, like I said, I was working with a lot of people. I used to be up in the studio every day. Once I had connections with people that were mm-hmm. like engineers and stuff, so I just used to come up there. Just we just gonna be here. You got to beat. We mm-hmm. just gonna write some. Try to get some placements. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Once I had her, um, her father is very, 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 very supportive of my career. Okay. So at any moment, if I said i gotta go to the studio i'm gonna be there late it's he would take her Mm. you know what i'm saying so it kind of even though i don't have any family here that part i never suffered because of that because i could depend on him or his family or Mm -hmm. his best friend which is her guy mom Mm -hmm. riri they really really held it down especially when she was younger Mm because she's 12 now so she's a little older but um they held it down. If I had to go film a movie and I was gonna be gone for a week, mm-hmm. I know she was. I knew that she would be okay because I had that support.
0: So that same approach to like being in the studio and just being present provides the opportunity. Is a place where opportunities are always brought about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching this documentary on Rick James the other day that Showtime has, and they were just talking about like how he would walk around Toronto. This is after he went. AWOL from the military or whatever and he kind of ended up in some bands just from being present Mm -hmm. this is a man you're a woman Mm -hmm. in this industry as we know like men you know men can do creepy things you know what i'm saying (laughs) and men don't try women all the time yeah um what how you know how did you keep your your eyes up you know how did you keep your mind on the swivel to make sure that like you were safe in these spaces engaging in music because you know in reality, and then in, in, and I'm saying creepy too. You know, a guy may feel a connection. It's like, wow, we working on this stuff, and then mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, I kind of like you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh yeah.
1: man. <laughs> <sighs> um, I just always try to keep it as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't try to give anybody the wrong impression mm-hmm. that it's gonna be anything other than that. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to me doing that, it's like tunnel vision. I don't even see you really as anything more than that.
0: You okay. know what I'm saying? Um Yeah. So, in that, uh, I mean, for, for the young woman that is a singer, like uh, your daughter, if she wanted to, if she came to you and said, look, I want to sing, you know, or a niece or someone real close to you, what mm-hmm. would you say to that young girl that's 16, 17, looking to get in this industry? What advice would you give them about keeping that clear?
1: Right. Um, I would tell them to number one don't get involved with anybody you know in that Mm -hmm. manner just because nothing is guaranteed so you doing that is probably the last thing that's gonna get you further Mm -hmm. um and if it does it's only gonna be temporary till they done with you and something else come around Mm -hmm. um let your talent speak for itself you don't have to do anything else. What God has for you is for you. So not anybody else in a room or nothing is going to stop that. Unless that's unless you see like a relationship or something, unless y'all working in this a vibe like that. But other than that, don't even don't even do it.
0: OK, so in that, just letting the talent speak for itself. How what were you doing to do that? What were you doing to let the talent speak for itself? In what ways? I know you said you were in the studio writing, mm-hmm. you were willing to like kind of be in whatever position. Yeah. Providing an opportunity. Yep. How do you stand out in that room when you're with other people working where it's like, no, I, I want I want to be in this mix?
1: Um, how did I stand out? <clears throat> well, I think I'm a really good songwriter. Okay. So I would say my lyrics stood out for me. Like, I really, if you put a beat on, I kind of just would go, you know. Um, So I think in my work ethic, especially in the studio, um, I get straight to it. Mm. I don't need the auto-tune that a lot of people need. You put me in the booth I'm not going to waste your money. If you are, you know, there, if, if you need me to do a hook, I'm going to come and do the hook, and I'm going to show up, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to leave. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I I, get it done. So I think that stands out. I've, well, I know that does because I've heard that from people. They'll say, man, you did that in, like, 15 minutes. They got a whole couple hours booked, and they would be like, I don't know, maybe you could use the rest of your time to get it mixed or something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I don't want to waste your time, and I for certainly don't want my time wasted. So,
0: so that type of discipline, uh, do you, are you preparing yourself beforehand? Like what what is it that, you know, lets you go in there with that type of attitude?
1: Um, I definitely prepare beforehand, um, mm-hmm. listening to it. Most of the time, especially if I wrote it, I'm going to try to know it before I go. Um, if they have written something that they just want me to sing, I have them like, send me the lyrics mm-hmm. so i can kind of you know practice it and <clears throat> do my ad libs kind of have in my head what i want to do prior to but even if that's not the case say they didn't send it to me ahead of time and i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do until i get there i still just knock it out mm-hmm. i I don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay. And and I'm asking this because the creative process is different for so many people and I think especially when it comes to music because music, the flow, just from my time recording hip-hop and being in so many studio sessions, so many artists have different approaches to it Mm -hmm. some people like to have the party atmosphere where it's a bunch of people around Mm -hmm. a lot of energy Mm -hmm. some people like like solitude where it's not really many people around just them and the engineer Mm -hmm. some people like you know all right i want my my cousin and my girlfriend here or Mm -hmm. my cousin and my boyfriend like like some very close people to them Mm -hmm. you know some people may want some drinks some people may want some smoke like Mm -hmm. everybody's approach is so different so when you do meet a person it is unique that has almost like a business like acumen to like knocking out the session instead mm-hmm. of tapping into what certain people deem as like, I got to get in my creative zone to yeah. do this. Like, you know, how do you, are you balancing that creativity, but still being so business minded about it? Because it is like a mix between both worlds.
1: It is. It is. I've been. In all of those sessions. situations, mm-hmm. all of those sessions, where either it's a whole bunch of people, or it's me, the engineer, and maybe one other person, or mm-hmm. uh, people like you said have the alcohol, they smoking weed, they, you know what I'm saying? It, I've been in all of those situations. Me personally is me and the engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, unless unless I just have somebody else to to go with me. But other than that, it's typically just me and the engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, now in writing sessions, yeah, it might be, you know, more people than that. But if it's just me recording, back when I was recording in the studio, it would just be me and the engineer. Now I record at home.
0: Okay. and let's, uh, And when you say writing sessions, because I'm so used to writing sessions being like, what, you know, and I kind of, you, you hear maybe some, some spiel if you hear mm-hmm. the great Josh Adams, my homie. Mm-hmm. You know, comedians do that often. Uh-huh. Songwriters, I mean, I know the great Holland Doiger Holland. Um, but how does a writing session between songwriters go? Like, what does that look like? Oh, yeah. Also, Ashford and Simpson. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, like, how does that work on, like, a song? Like, what what's the process there?
1: So, the process is, it, it could be it can be different, different ways to do it. There can be a group of people in a room, you playing the music and somebody say a line, somebody else say a line to go with it. Somebody else add the line. Somebody could be in the corner working on the chorus. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be in the corner working on the B section or the bridge. You know what I'm saying? So, Or it could be you do the chorus. You do the verse, you do the second verse, you know, or you point out somebody to do different parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been in all of those different type of writing sessions.
0: And, and that brings me to the business side of stuff, too. Um, how far along did you get in this creativity before I was like, OK, let me get my ass cap let me let me focus on my writing credit uh, let me focus on my copyright <laughs> because like you know we could all be in this writing session and then you walk out and it's like
1: hey this is yeah this is his song okay. like I, I
0: swear i did you know
1: <laughs> um actually i did that pretty early because i did my research kind of mm-hmm. like well how do people get paid for this you know what i'm saying so i luckily started that process very early and then if it is like a session with multiple people we always do split sheets Mm. to cover ourselves and things like that
0: okay so also in that same world of artists is some artists that'll be like split sheets what you talking about i'm just Mm -hmm. want to pay you up front like are you you know hitting people off with like a learning curve sometimes because some people aren't on their business as much when it comes to anything creative. Like, yeah. how do you bring them into? All right, this is how I conduct business.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I just them halfway. ask. Um, I'll be like, or I'll just send it. Like, hey, this is my ass cap.
0: Mm-hmm. I've
1: had people that I've worked with like, well, what's this? Like, what do I do with this? And I've had to tell them like, hey, this is how you you know give me my credit or how this is how I get my royalties. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not just gonna pay me up. A- front i mean you can pay me up front but i also want that
0: mm-hmm. that
1: back end too you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because what if your song blow up and then i'm just over here like mm-hmm.
0: i got a thousand dollars and you? I, I just sung uh, what's what? so funny um <laughs> busy bone or lazy bone told the story of thuggish ruggish bone Uh huh. and the and the lady that sung that was just happened to be walking down the street and he was like oh she can kind of sing but it, you Clearly, no publisher or no nothing. Right, so, like one of their biggest songs just oh, happened to be like, goodness. just hey, you want to get on this track? And it's like, yeah, easy eat in the studio. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's the thuggish, ruggish boom. And that's I, like, I had
1: to come back. I had to double back for that. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure
0: after the fact that she, <laughs> yeah. she found some form of uh, like even the it's so cold in the deep. What's the name? T baby. Yeah, like, I, yeah. The representation will find you when they need yeah. to. Like, Always like the the if you get. hit by a by a truck you know what i'm saying yeah they representation will find you yes. but th- even that you would rather be proactive than reactive
1: yeah yeah to definitely. something like that definitely because uh, that
0: happens often mm-hmm. um in, in, in this industry uh how have you armed yourself like uh and strengthened more in your business acumen like what are some of those other clues that you've uh, or cues you've taken uh beyond like you said you read early but like are you working with attorneys? Are you working with agents, managers? Like what what's your team? How did you develop it? How have you strengthened your business over time?
1: I am my team. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Cuz as an independent artist, a team costs money. Mm-hmm. And as an independent artist, I might not necessarily have that. Yeah. You know, uh money for that so i try to take or i do take care of all of that myself
0: okay so so what where are you going to get get your knowledge to to stay on your like how much it's already a lot preserving your voice Mm -hmm. making sure you take care of it um and being creative Mm -hmm. but also thinking on the business that you're wearing multiple hats Mm -hmm. like How are you strengthening your business acumen as you continue on this journey? Um,
1: There are several... uh on i follow certain people that are either in the industry or people that have shows or like on youtube or something Mm -hmm. like that i can subscribe to certain people Mm -hmm. that i can watch and gain certain knowledge they might compare different like when i started the whole streaming thing started putting out singles i'm like well, i don't know which company to go with so i Got on Google, started looking up companies, this company versus this one. Which one is better? What's the difference in this? What's the difference in that? And then I asked people that have been doing it for, you know, maybe as long or longer than me, um, what are some things you can tell me? What companies do you use? How do you do this? I'm not afraid to ask if I don't know something like what's Mm -hmm. this or what's that? How do I do that? I'm not afraid to do that at all.
0: That's key. Hey, for everybody listening, the willingness to be ignorant and then inform yourself Mm -hmm. is a heck of an asset in whatever you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just always go in and assume. You know what I'm saying? You know, so. Uh, with that how is streaming because streaming has changed the whole game of how people look at music how how do you see streaming right now and just the way music connects with people
1: i like it um i know some people are like eh, i'd rather have a, like my mom can you just give me a cd no i cannot give you a cd because whenever you listen to that song i'm not going to get paid for it so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying. Um, I like it because I am able to connect with people all over the world mm-hmm. that I would not be able to physically hand mm-hmm. a CD. Um, I, I mean, what can, <laughs> that's important to mm-hmm. to be able to connect with people that you can't see, somebody that you don't know. Like I'll look at my streams and it'll be like people in China, you'll be like, how did you find me? But mm-hmm. thank you. You know, so obviously I'm able to reach more people. I feel like that way.
0: Have you uh, like hopped on top of this whole concept within that streaming world, like the different playlists or creating your own Spotify playlist and connecting? Cause that's how, you know, I think I've discovered more music uh, cause I'm a yeah. Spotify person more okay. so than title. So like it'll, you know, keep playing and yeah. then it'll be like, Oh, okay. I like this. I hate that. Yeah. And they've even taken away the whole it, Spotify used to have a never play this artist thing. They, they took that away because it it's a couple where it's like, I, right. Never, right.
1: You know? I didn't know they had. I know you could like dislike they, a track or like.
0: Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. But um,
1: how have
0: you uh, reached out to different people about getting on their playlist and things like that? Like, how are you navigating it beyond hitting the podcast and in the places like this? getting that music in the mix for people
1: well um see this is the tricky part in this so spotify itself says because you know people be like pay to get on this playlist and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but spotify the the company says that you cannot pay people for a specific playlist so I've never done that because of what I read on Spotify's actual site saying that you cannot pay to get on a playlist. What I have done is submitted to Spotify. So you have a certain amount of days before your release. I think it's like 20 Mm. to submit to be on one of their playlists. So I guess their people Mm. will listen and maybe place you on a playlist
0: mm-hmm. now so for people listening that like maybe definitely the older group spotify is a music player company mm-hmm. uh it also plays a lot of podcasts i listen to most of my podcasts through spotify too so through spotify you can listen to different music but mm-hmm. along with spotify's music uh, spotify will do a couple things They have different playlists that are curated. That's the term that people love to use nowadays by different tastemakers. Another Mm -hmm. term people love to use. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it may be like a mix that's curated as like uh, hip hop yoga. And you're like, what the hell is hip hop yoga? If you like hip hop and you Mm -hmm. like doing yoga, it's a playlist that will be there for that. Also, based on your taste and your sensibility, Spotify will curate a playlist based on other things you've played. Mm-hmm. So like for me, the past month, um, I was listening to this other podcast and they led with some stylistics, the uh hurry up this way again. So it's had me get back into my stylistics bag. Yeah. So now Spotify has hit me off with a lot of blue magic and Delphonics, like mm-hmm. things in their art, falsetto seventies based groups. Okay. And it'll kinda do that for the people listening. Mm-hmm. And But also for independent artists, you know, it gets, you know, some D-Nice just put up a a post saying that 70% of music played in 2021 was music released three years, three years ago or further back. Oh, wow. So this kind of, and I don't know how, you know, the validity of like who's doing these things and stuff like that. And that's the other thing where I'm the artist that... I have some problems with this streaming stuff because I don't know who's listening. We do yeah. have more access, but I just don't know how to do a uh, a full audit of it. Yeah. If I shipped a hundred CDs to this record store, I know they have a hundred CDs. So if I go back and I say, yeah. "Hey, let me see your inventory," you know, and they have, have sixty been purchased, and yeah. then that means forty had to have sold. Give me more money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's um, true.
1: That's very true.
0: So it's it's some good and bad with, with all of this, but the playlist of it is a place where, you know, artists, new artists can be discovered, especially mm-hmm. if you're more willing to go into these different playlists. Mm-hmm. And it's specific playlists for that. And you've submitted, have you successfully landed on some different playlists or are connected with other artists through this? Um, how have you connected?
1: Um, I haven't landed on any of theirs yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but crossing my fingers one okay. day soon <laughs> i'm gonna push
0: josh because josh is the most r&b listening to person i know to make a <laughs> specific josh adams playlist for the podcast because that's another lane that we as content creators can get into uh-huh. we can make different playlists and many podcasts actually have playlists okay you know i'd probably need to do a detroit is different playlist yeah you maybe yeah actually <laughs> you hey, know i will do it and i will lead with some TAM music yeah, off the bat. So within that's that, cool. let's get into <laughs> some more of this music. Um, Boats is the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, what led to it? Uh, what are the songs? You said it's an MPEP. So yes. probably only like about, you know, what is it? Five, six songs?
1: It's six songs. Okay. It's only 20 minutes long. Okay. 20 minutes. That's it. Okay. Um, These songs came from the Things that I was just, some of them were stuff that I was just sitting on. Mm -hmm. So I just came to the point one day and I was like, what am I like waiting for? I have no excuse not to have some music out because for one, I can record at home whenever I want to. So there's no excuse. I have relationships with producers. I have tons of beats. Mm-hmm. So what am I waiting for? So I literally was like, I'm about to set a date and I'm about to put this out.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was it. Okay. So I have just, so for people to know how this connects. Hey, people watching. Yeah. I think the is done. <laughs> I just added that to my Spotify list. So Tamra Jewel. Uh, and then obviously it's a boat, and it's many pictures. The art is is real cool too. Thank you. Um, what? Uh, so when did you like? What's the oldest song? What's the newest song on here?
1: The oldest song is number five. Okay. If it ain't love, that's actually my favorite song on there okay. too, which is why I kind of threw that on there. Um, and then the newest song would be the newest song that I recorded was Mm -hmm. Mr. Rebound that's number six but it actually I actually wrote it some years ago to a different beat and it was Mm -hmm. faster and then as I was doing this project you know how like on iTunes well I don't know if you know but Things that stored on there just kind of play. and one day I was mm-hmm. just listening to stuff on my iTunes, and the old one popped up, and I was like, hmm. huh, I could revisit this." Wow. Because it was actually actually um, an industry beat that I had just mm-hmm. wrote to and recorded it back in the day on my little home. I had Before I had Pro Tools, I had something else that was cheaper that mm-hmm. I could just put my ideas on. Okay. And that's what I recorded on. I was like, I could revisit this. Now I'm super, it was faster, a lot higher in the note. And I wanted to make it more, I don't want to say sexy, but I wanted to make it slower and more. I listened to a lot of her and Mm -hmm. snow allegra and like brandy and stuff like that oh this is that that's so i didn't know who snow allegra
0: was until he was like all i'm listening to is snow allegra
1: man yeah you need to add her to Mm -hmm. one of your playlists Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i wanted to because that's what i listen to i wanted to make something that sound like that so that's what this is that
0: Mm -hmm. so as we're in that mix um you know how has the response been from this project so far
1: I have been getting really, really, really good response from Mm -hmm. it so far. And um, to be honest, when I put it out, it wasn't for anybody else. It was like songs. When I wrote them, that's how I felt when Mm -hmm. I wrote it. So they're very personal to me. So I kind of put it out for me. I I don't want to say I didn't care if people liked it, but I didn't really care. It was Mm -hmm. for me to put my thoughts out. And to finally say, I did this, you know, I've Mm. been sitting on things and I've been waiting for the right time for so long. And this, this, is it. this is it. And people have been giving me really, really good feedback. And a lot of that I think has to do with the fact that they were personal. And I know there's somebody out there that can relate to probably at least one of those songs on that EP. What do you think?
0: What, what do you think made you so timid feeling like it wasn't the right time before this?
1: Just trying to be a perfectionist, I think, and just not being sure. Um, Like, I know that I am a good writer. I know I make good music, but it just never seemed like the right time. Or I would be like, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. And I just got to the point where I was like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. This the date, January 1st, 2022, I'm putting it out and that's what it is.
0: I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, so within that, the natural next thing, and we're getting to a close, but actress as well. I How am. did you get into movies? Man,
1: so it actually started out in plays, stage plays. Um, okay. My friend that I spoke about earlier, Brandon, he had a friend who was doing a play, mm-hmm. and he needed a singer. Okay. So I was like, well, I never, I mean, I might have did a little church play years ago, but I'm not really mm-hmm. an actress. But I was like, all right, I'll go audition. Exactly. Got the part. And once I hit the stage, I was like, Whoo, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. realm, you know, just mm-hmm. opened my eyes. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing both of these. This, okay. this is it. And I've been doing it since I did my first stage play in 2009. OK. So I've been doing it. What ever play since. was that? It was called Family Ties. OK. Yep. That was my very first stage play.
0: And what was the song about that you sung? You don't
1: remember? Uh, no Ooh, clue. <laughs> okay. No clue. So
0: what? What's uh, since then? What? What have you done? What have you liked most that you've done?
1: Um, it's hard to choose between the stage and film mm-hmm. because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I like the stage. Because you get to feed off of the energy of the crowd. Okay. So, um, what
0: play did you like most?
1: What play did I like most? <sighs> uh, I'm going to say the. Uh, you know what? The play I liked the most was Entangled. Okay. What and was that, about? that was actually filmed for DVD, and it's actually on Amazon right now
0: uh what was it about uh so it's on amazon prime Mm -hmm. so you guys can watch it but what was entangled about and were you uh, and what was your character
1: my character i played the lead um Think her name was Danielle I can't remember uh mm-hmm. but she was kind of caught in a love triangle so that's mm-hmm. why it's called entangled um okay. she was in a relationship with somebody at one time that wasn't the best for her mm-hmm. she met somebody else that she thought was better for her somehow in this whole thing at some point uh they all kind of are together at some point and it was just um one of the relationships was abusive mm. um yeah it was <laughs> it okay. was an entanglement so
0: <laughs> so to get in the character for that what what was like, like what do you do when you when you reading the script are you like sitting back you know eating some popcorn like this is hilarious i'm gonna yeah. do this i'm gonna do that like what what are you doing with, as you get in the character
1: um when i get in the character So when you get in a character, you have to kind of have like a whole backstory. Hmm. You know, you can't just think of what you see on the page. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of create this whole life for this character Mm -hmm. outside of what you see on the paper in order for you to really, really dive in to the character. So what does this character eat like what did she do yesterday the day before this happened on this paper even though it's not on this paper mm-hmm. you have to think about and feel all of those type of emotions as to why she's acting like this or if this is an abusive relationship has she has it been abusive or is this the first time or has she been going this for a, through this for a long time as to why she's acting or you know putting up with it it's it's so much that you kind of have to think about outside of what you just see on the paper to actually really dive into the character.
0: Okay. All right, favorite movie.
1: My favorite movie like that of all done. time that or or that I've done. Mm. Um my favorite movie that I've done is I'm going to say 9 stacks. It's mm. uh my newest film uh or the most recent and mm. that is also on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Okay. Right now. Okay. It's called 9 stacks. I'm going to say that that's my favorite because it is it took me completely out of what I've typically done okay. as an actress. I've done a lot of stuff where I was a church girl. I was in an abusive relationship or I was just super emotional. Mm. I was able to have fun as this character. So <laughs> what, what
0: was the character's premise? How did you create the backstory? What did they what did the character do? Uh,
1: sh- uh, without giving too much of the character away. Sh- mm-hmm. uh And we filmed this in Vegas, or part of it in Vegas, my part in Vegas. Um, So, she just wanted to, like, have fun. Okay. She was very vain, Mm -hmm. so she took a lot of pictures all the Mm -hmm. time. Every time you saw her, she had her phone in her hand, taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So, I kind of just, myself, thought, like, what if I didn't have, like, any care Mm -hmm. about what anybody thought, what anybody said, and I just... Did me and I just have fun and I just want to meet people. And so I put myself.
0: You basically in. took the introvert town yes. and became extrovert town.
1: Yep. And I was mm-hmm. able to do that without mm-hmm. caring about judgment of, mm-hmm. you know, like other people. Me, myself, I'd be like, oh, I could never do that because my mama gonna see it or something yeah. you know what I'm saying but I was able to become this character and just Ooh. not care and just be free to just be silly and have a good time I really had a good time playing so, that role
0: alright that was a recording pause
1: <laughs> <laughs> from Josh <laughs>
0: alright so like I was saying so the response cause I know like my homie Tristan um somebody else like in our mix and our crew mm-hmm. um you know like people like know Tristan like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like be a family dollar like oh yes. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> like what's yep. that response been like um that response I probably get that a little more from my music um mm-hmm. than from film from right film? now okay just because I don't know if it's when I change my hair like people act like they don't know who I am. So
0: now you get to like sorta of like through styling you can sorta of be in disguise. Yeah. But so I literally
1: out, was at a movie premiere mm-hmm. and I had different hair than I had mm-hmm. in the film and people was walking past me like they didn't even know and I was like, Hey it's me mm-hmm. So I get more of a response from my music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what's that like
0: meeting people because you know, sometimes fans can be extra, and sometimes it can be cool. What is it like for you?
1: It's been cool experiences okay. for me. Um, Just having somebody say, oh, you that girl that was on such and such song, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it makes me feel good to know that somebody listened to mm-hmm. my music, likes my music, and, you know, know me from my music um it's okay. it's a good feeling i haven't had any crazy okay
0: <laughs> anything like nothing like kevin hart's uh <laughs> what's that i forget that that uh netflix miniseries. no so, uh, no so within that that I guess brings me and it's all gonna be tough because it's like whoever you don't say they don't feel like ah probably like even to play in the movie people mm-hmm. what have been some of the coolest songs some of the most fun experiences uh working with other artists and do you like working with other singers rappers house music like what what's fun there in the studio music <sighs> and what stands out like what are the moments that it's like
1: wow okay you know um <sighs> work with a lot of other singers. I don't know why. I would love to. Uh Um so if anybody out there, you know, wants to connect Mm -hmm. like that, um, but I get called for a lot of hooks.
0: Okay. So what hook um what hook stands out? What was like the 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 hook that you feel like really put you on the scene with folks?
1: I don't know if it's one (laughs) Um, I've done a lot for payroll, mm-hmm. so that working with payroll really opened up a lot of doors for people to know who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the most popular ones and okay. yeah,
0: okay. and what has been the most fun what what has been like one of the more fun studio experiences working with
1: artists? Um, I would say the most fun. Was I used to Be very heavy going to Mix Factory One Okay, And um, that was around the time Where we would do a lot of um, Like group sessions And mm-hmm. writing and try to get placements And stuff okay. like that um, So those would be the fun The more fun experiences because you're in a group And it's no pressure You're kind of having fun just being creative mm-hmm. um, That's The most fun
0: Okay. All right. And I guess as we get closer to the end, what are some things in music that you plan to do next? What are some of the things that you haven't done that you plan on doing as far as like it could be like genres of music, styles of music or just working with certain artists?
1: Um, I definitely want to work. With more artists um, Like I say, More singers for sure So I'm not just The hook girl mm-hmm. Out here um, I also want to Make sure that I am giving More visuals Because I know that People are visual They want to See you And once i started putting out visuals i have people in the comments like oh that's the girl that was on such and such you know so mm-hmm. people can share it and they actually see mm-hmm. the face that's behind the voice that's been on these songs for all these years i know
0: it's like they're gonna see they're gonna hear this beautiful love ballad and watch that <laughs> video then turn around see you acting crazy in that right
1: <laughs> right
0: mm-hmm. okay cool cool If people want to get in contact with you um, and work with you or just more interested about interacting, engaging, and seeing what's up with your next show, Mm -hmm. how do they do that?
1: So if you would like to work with me, I would prefer that you send an email to Mm -hmm. book Tamara Jewel. At gmail.com. Okay. Um, for social media, if you want to connect, follow me, follow the journey. Um, my Instagram and Twitter is at me underscore Tam. And my Facebook is I am Tamra Jewel. Cool.
0: Yeah. That works. That works. So usually... Because you 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 were transplant, you were first generation Detroiter when Yeah, we, when man. We, when we interview your daughter, I can ask her like the, the classic Detroit. Yeah. Detroiter. So <laughs> now I kind of gotta ask like a an away game question. Okay. So, um, family and friends come into the city of Detroit. Okay, let's say your family for whatever reason decide to do a family reunion in Detroit, just for you. Okay. Where is the first night you taking them before the fish fry, before everything else? Where are you taking them first?
1: And why, where am I taking them first? You um, it's like
0: all your cousins and all that stuff.
1: First, I'm gonna take them to the uh, the Motown Museum because ah, okay. music is the thing, okay. and I've I, that actually has been what I've done in the past okay. when people have come. I've definitely made sure I've taken them there just so they could see the history. You know, that's it's a lot of history in that building, so and. Everybody, any age, mm-hmm. can have a good time there and, and learn and be able to look around and say, oh, I know that person. Oh, I seen that. Oh, I heard that song. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of the first things I do when people come here.
0: Okay. Do you actually participate? If you've never been to the Motown Museum and did the tour, they want you to do to the Temptation Step and, the, and mm-hmm. the Supreme. Like, do you participate in the tour? Yeah, Is I participate.
1: Like, mm <laughs> I'm participating in everything Okay Okay
0: Well that's good to know Okay so Detroit Family Reunion
1: that's We need to speak that to... My family need to come here And do a family Y'all hear that <laughs> With a <the> camera <laughs> Come to Detroit <laughs>
0: A family reunion Yeah Exactly They're gonna go from Motown And then you're gonna take them To a Coney Island Okay Right <laughs> <laughs> It's like going to Coney Island <laughs> It's like don't order any of that stuff from that side of the menu. <laughs> <laughs> stick to yes. stick to the basics. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So this has been fun. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Like I said, I got you tapped in. I'm going to keep you in the mix. And Thank you. you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Peace right. be. Detroit is different is where you get information, artistry, history, music,
0: and even comedy. Detroit is different. A home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.